One, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the Teams of J podcast. We are on episode 61, and um, I don't have anything else to say about that. Blue. <laughs> Just passing it straight after me. Right? Yeah, yes, well, so. this, this morning we... Uh, let's actually hold on. That's that's true. Just, let's go over the podcast in general. We got some topics. Blue says he's got some uh, very nerdy things to talk about in the first segment. Uh, segment two, we did have movie night, and we watched uh, Coco, the... Uh, animated disney movie um about uh day of the dead what i said what a film it was an amazing film yeah i think that one all of us just universally liked it and then segment three uh i understand you have something special prepared he's waving his hands excitedly so jazz hands man (laughs) waving freaking lunatic yeah um yeah so Five topics. I'm going to buzz through a few of them, but the first one, quite important one. I don't know if you've heard about this. You probably have. But if you haven't, mind-blowing, alright? So, the... Okay. There is a trailer out right now for a new animated production on Netflix for League of Legends. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> you didn't know I was... Fuck yes. Yep, I'm not kidding. Why? There's a, a trailer out already. Um, there's like five of the League of Legends characters are in it. Jinx, I definitely recognized from it. Because everyone knows Jinx. Um, and it looks like the same kind of... St- you know, obviously, get um, the, the music video... Jinxed, right? Yeah, yeah, I love that. I used to play it on loop because I used to play her for a while after she came out. Yeah, and also Legends Never Die. <laughs> yep, that one. That one became a meme. Very, very similar art styles to those two. So I'm wondering if they got the actual artists from that. Or maybe it was the same artist. I don't know. It's possible. Uh, I mean, I think they have. I think they have the same. They have like an in-house animation department now for those cutscenes and stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that could be it then. Um, but yeah, like, the art looks pretty nice for it. It's just whether the story is actually going to hold up or not. Um, I'm sure someone in the hive is going to watch it, whether it's us or Scott. Someone will yeah. watch it and will judge it very severely, I feel like. I, I might watch it. I Like, I don't really play the game anymore. Um, no. But... But that's because it's stressful as fuck. I'm watching an anime yeah. might be... Well, the thing is, like, I got really into doing, like, the ranked mode on it, and as a result, like, it just, I don't know, that that can get very stressful. And like we've talked about before, about game length, I don't know if this was the last podcast or the one before, we talked about competitive games going too long, like CSGO and League was the example I used. Um, they, they can go on way too long, and they do get very, very stressful. Quick timeout. Yeah. I just realized I'm on my speaker, not my headphones. Do you want me to switch? Doesn't really matter to me. Okay, because stuff might be coming back through the mic as well. That's fine. Mm. If it does, I can fix it in post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be called Arcane. Okay. Which is kind of a, a bit of a boring name, but at the same time, I can't think of any other actual cartoons or films called that. So maybe, I don't know. I feel like that they could have come up with a better name. Just... I, it, just there, League of Legends would have been better. Riot is pumping out like so much content like that lately. Like they're throwing out um, 
They did the card game, Legends of Runeterra, which is like a Hearthstone mm. Magic the Gathering yeah, kind of knockoff. They did Valorant, which isn't League of Legends, but it's their... It's 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 similar in art style and it was their yeah, CSGO. I don't think I didn't really think anyone's playing that anymore. It's certainly not on the heart. Actually, yeah, say that. Yumi was on it like yesterday. Okay. So but, the, um, it's still something, but uh, yeah, it's not as as big at least with with us. But I imagine there's still quite a few people playing it. And now they're doing animation and stuff. They're trying to really expand the brand outside of just the MOBA. Yeah. Like they got big with the MOBA, and now they're diversifying. Hmm. Speaking of another big, um, big company that's around at the moment, Diablo 2 came out earlier this week. Oh yeah, Diablo 2 Remastered. Yeah, I, I haven't, I, I did end up buying the game, like I pre-ordered it so I could play uh, the, the early bit of it, and I did that little video on it, but hmm. I haven't actually... 40-year-old nerds everywhere are going off their nut to play it. Sorry, 30-year-old. It's true, yeah, it's, it's not that old a game. Um, but yeah, lots from, of people playing it, lots of bugs, lots of crashes. Um, yeah, Scott that was furious. That's what I was that hearing was from. Game. Yeah, because yeah, Scott got it, Nas got it, a uh, bunch of yeah, bunch of people in the hive got it. And yeah, I, like I said, yeah, I haven't played it yet, but it. That's what I kept seeing. Like, just they were all hyped to play it one day, and then the next day, no one was on it. It's like, oh, gotta fix all the bugs. Uh, well, I mean, I remember was the other around with Scott. Scott was, like, waiting all day when it came out for it to actually be playable, and it wasn't. So the next day he started. Um, but apparently there was some pretty, like, so one of the bugs um, I heard about, not from Scott, but if you made an online character and then made an offline character with the same name, they would, like, delete each other. <laughs> Apparently, so um, you know that's gonna be pretty gutsy if you're going for like a world first. Yeah. Um, oh man. Although if you're if you're going for a world first, you're not gonna make an offline character because you haven't got time, I suppose. But well, maybe you wanted to make an offline character to dick around a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, brutal. So that, that pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Servers have been crashing a lot. Um. Speaking of servers crashing, holy crap. Final Fantasy. W were you in the call last night? For a little bit, yeah. Um, we got... It was. It, I wasn't... I Technically, it was this morning for you. I got home a little after 8 from Jesse's, so... Um, and yeah, we were just... We were cruising around and doing quests, but that, that wasn't what... The, I don't remember there being any server issues. It was later than that. So I was in um, some trials, right? So boss fights. Hmm. Sorry, this is going away from like news and more into just personal story, but uh, <laughs> fuck, it was so good. Uh, we were doing a trial, and suddenly, the whole of Europe Final Fantasy crashed. <laughs> like, just the whole of Europe went down, and so we all reconnected. We got back into the boss fight, and the t boss timer had kept going while we were AF while we even, were gone. Even... Oh, that's annoying. Yes, yeah, so there was eight minutes left to beat this boss. When we'd started with an hour, and we'd lost like ten minutes or something from from the crash, and so we were just fucked. <laughs> anyway, so we went to another trial after that, and halfway through it, in fact three quarters of the way through, it, we'd almost beaten the boss, and five of the eight people disconnected at once. 
I, surprisingly, considering how I am with connections mm-hmm. in any game, stayed in. And uh, so we were all just, the, the three of us that were left, we were just chatting to each other while we were able to leave. Then one of us started dancing, and suddenly we were all dancing. <laughs> we were fighting this, the boss that we were fighting was a whale. Mm. And so one of them was like, I've got a great idea. When they reconnect, we all need to shout, Whale, come back. <laughs> and so people were like trickling back in. And it was like some weird little cunt. We were, cunt? Cult, I meant to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> one might argue you were being might a cunt. I that. I don't know. Um, that was a, a schadenfreude. Whatever the fuck it's called. Schadenfreude. Um, so yeah, we were all just like doing these weird dances and screaming whale come up people when they rejoined um and fuck it was one of those things where by the time everyone had joined everyone was just in fits of fucking laughter we didn't give a shit about the boss anymore no such a great experience at that point Um, yeah god it's that it's, it's the player and player interactions that really make the best moments in these games well yeah and mmos because if you think about the actual gameplay loops in those games it's very, very repetitive. You're, it's go here, click three buttons until the thing dies, and then click some more buttons if you uh, like want to do it a, li- a little bit better. Then go somewhere spend, else and do the same thing. Exactly. You spend so much time being angry at people for not doing something right. It's incredibly refreshing to be able to just let your hair down. Like No, no one gave a shit, really, about the boss that point. We did actually, when everyone finally rejoined and there was like, seven minutes left of the game, we did actually manage to kill the boss. Mm. And at the end we were like, hey, we finally, we've we've defeated the boss that can disconnect us midway through the fight. Like, <laughs> that's, it wasn't us fighting the whale anymore, it was us fighting Square Enix's internet connection. Um, and we victored. We victored? We were victorious. It was great. It's um, not the fighting and, the, hey, boss. the boss. It's not Two the... People Gone. It's not the fighting the boss, it's not the staying connected, it's the friends you made along the way. Exactly, and I actually got two friends added me after that fight. Uh, which were the first two that I have on the game I don't know already. So, that was really nice. Nice. Um, and also... <laughs> so, oh God, I won't talk about Final Fantasy much longer, but just this. Every time I join one of these fights now, I've got to the point in the game where... I can participate in these fights because I'm level 60, mm. but everyone else in the fight is above level 60 because they've all got the paid versions. Yeah. yeah. And so they can like add you as a friend, they can send private messages to you. I feel a bit like a leper. I think you mean I'm a in leech. There and I can see that I'm the only one who is playing free. Mm. And it's like some curse because I'm like, I can't say, oh, I'll add you as a friend because I can't. Yeah, I have to say, can you add me as a friend? Yeah. And also, don't private message me because I can't private message you back. <laughs> yeah, the um, the word you're looking for there is probably leech. A leper is where your arms and legs fall off. Yeah, but like back in the day when you'd see the leper colonies, that, then but, you'd just want to stay away from them. Was my point? Well, yeah, that's. Tr- I mean, it's still the case. They actually still have leper colonies. Yeah. Where they're they're kind of isolated from the general population, so it can't spread. 
Yeah. Um, Fun little medical. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I didn't want to get too into it because it was a bit grim. But <laughs> All right, come on. You said uh, anyway. Sorry. Go on. No, no. I was just going to say that. All right, you've had your anecdote, but you said there were five topics. More so I... topics. Yes. So uh, next, uh, Halo. Okay. More about bugs and crashing. Halo has. Is this Halo Infinite? Halo Infinite. Yep. Have you okay. heard about this? I haven't yet because I I've been busy all weekend. I got into another round of the um the multiplayer like stress test, yep. and I haven't had time to play it, and I'm annoyed, and I'm hoping that I have time. To, well, after the podcast, is probably what I'm going to do is play Halo. So, like, in Halo, you you will know there are times when like gravity just fails in Halo, and like your body ragdolls. 50 meters into the sky and shit like that, right? Yeah, it, it became an entire game mechanic in Halo 2. You could super bounce. Yeah, it was fucking... It's funny, you kind of embrace it. Yeah. So someone found that in Halo Infinite, there's a bug where... You know how you get, like, yellow wet floor signs in supermarkets? That's what that picture was about. Somebody posted a picture with a bunch of them all over the place. Right, exactly. So when you throw an electric grenade, they constantly, like, split into two. And you just get infinite yellow floors. <laughs> I know what map that is. I'm going to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, just, just random random crap like that. It's nice when you find a game that um, where bugs don't break the game, but just fucking hilarious. But they're, they're just fun, so yeah. random. Yeah. Like, why an electric grenade affects this I'm gonna, yellow floor I'm gonna, sign in particular? Before anyone before listening, anyone uh, listening uh, who plays Halo gets a bit, gets a bit too cringe, uh, it's um, Plasma Grenade Blue. Oh, okay. Where when the the shit that I looked at, clearly they weren't a Halo player either, because this said an electric grenade. Maybe there's a character that has electric grenades in this. I don't no, know. There's no character classes. So unless they've added in, I wonder if they added a third grenade type in. Maybe there is one now. But there's so there's frag grenades and plasma grenades by default. They also added. I don't think they mean plasma because I think. Yeah, they added spike grenades in later iterations of Halo. Maybe they put another one in. I have this is this is why I like I'm uninformed because I haven't had time to play it. Uh, I'm just. He's googling right now. Also, um, on the subject of Halo, I was saying this to Blue last night. For some reason, on the Steam community page, there's just. A lot of pictures of Seinfeld and other characters from the Seinfeld, like, TV show. You got George Costanza showing up, and they're just these weird, stretched-out pictures. Uh, apparently there's a new electric, electricity arc grenade, I think? Interesting. So they did make, they made a shock rifle, and that, that wasn't in the previous flight, but it was in this one. And so, maybe they added a new grenade, too. That That's pretty cool. I, like, if that isn't there, I'm... Looking forward to it. What I can't wait for is when they do one of these flights and they introduce vehicles. Because so far it's just been like arena multiplayer maps, so 4v4. Um, and I really I really want to play with vehicles. Do you reckon they're going to add any new vehicles? I mean, when did they last add a new vehicle? Um, they had they new ones pretty much every iteration of Halo. So Halo 2, they added in the, um, the Shade. No. Shadow? God, I can't remember the name of it. It was basically the Covenant Warthog. It was the Covenant Warthog. Um, right, okay. And so like a back-mounted uh, no, no, so machine gun on a truck. 
Yeah, yeah, but there, are the, but then it had two side seats, so I actually could seat one extra person compared to the the actual normal Warthog. It could also boost and do wheelies. I used to love driving that thing because I I got really good at, at like running people over with it. Um, then in Halo Three, they added the mongoose, and they added which was like a two seater ATV. Um, I think if they, I think they added something else. I think they added a flying vehicle in Halo Three as well. Uh, the uh, it was a, it was a human flying vehicle. It's like uh, it had two side-mounted gun turrets and then a driver's oh, like the seat. What? Carry a gunship kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but it was small. So it was, it was a very, it was a very small kind of carrier gunship. It was, it, but it, it was like that though. It was like like a helicopter basically, except it had side wing propellers. I'm yeah. like. <laughs> This this is a like I pl I've played so much Halo, but just like anything else, I didn't bother memorizing any of the names. Like games that I've League of Legends games games that I poured thousands of hours into, I'd be hard pressed to name half of the characters. I normally just refer to them as like that fat guy, or yeah. something like that. It's weird the names that you, the things that you do remember, but you don't remember other really basic things. Um, yeah, names, right and left, like these these things just don't stick in my head. But if you ask me, like very details or anything that like involves numbers, I'm typically very good at remembering that sort of stuff. I was amazed when you remembered the um, in one of the quiz segments I asked you about Clash, I think from Rainbow Six Siege, mm. uh, and you you knew exactly who they were straight away, even though like you are terrible with names. <laughs> and um, but no, you just you remember that one. It, um, it is very random what does and doesn't stick in my head, but there, there's there's some like rough rules for it. Anyway, speaking of Rainbow Six Siege, yep, there is a new operator from. Well, I want you to guess where do you think they will have gone next with their special forces? The Taliban. The Taliban. <laughs> <laughs> His special abilities. He starts posting memes. <laughs> um, no, um, Croatia. That's interesting. Okay. Is it Croatia uh, in the Balkans? Am I thinking of the right place? Has probably the shittest ability I think I've seen today. I'm sure pros would have great use of it, and I just am uneducated. But um, um, also, did you do you call them crows? Pros. Um, pros. Oh, I thought you were trying to say Croatians. Anyway, uh, yeah, it is. It is in the Balkans. Um, it's it's on the the eastern edge of the Balkans, right next to Italy. I was right. Gotcha. I I actually um, remembered what country. All right, go on. So she deploys a bulletproof window. Wait, doesn't somebody else already have that ability? Um. Oh no, they make a bulletproof window in a wall. The oh, you're thinking a mirror. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Um. So you could put this this um bulletproof shield if you will on the ground or you can put it straight into a window yeah and it's got a little gap at the top so you can shoot over the window but if someone melees the glass it frosts over and you can't see through it and if the back side of it gets hit there's a little red canister on it if that bursts much like with mirrors okay it's a similar concept yeah it, it breaks um so it's it, it's just it's just a sheet of glass. That's it. A but bulletproof sheet of glass. But it's specific to windows, so I guess it it, it might help well, you. No, if you put it on the ground as well. Oh. Well, I I mean, 
There's less guesswork. You can see through it. You know, safely scout out the enemy. But like, you know how that you get the the iron ones that you just plunk down the floor. Yeah. You can see through them. They have slits. But you can shoot through slits. I mean, I, I see where no, you're, you can't. you're going. Okay. No, no, the enemy no, can. No, they, they can't. I don't think. I think it's one of those things where you can see through it, but you can't shoot through it. The slits on the armies. Yeah, they're like tiny slits. You know the reinforced barricades. I guess I just I, I thought you could shoot through them. I know you can't shoot through the like the shields, like the one uh, Montong carries. But yeah. Anyway, this is. The, this... But yeah. We have, kind of, I haven't played Rainbow Six in. Either, uh, I, think. I haven't and, played um, Rainbow Six in quite a while. Yeah, it just seems a bit rubbish. Um, <laughs> which I mean, especially now that like, there's so many characters out now mm. that I feel like a they're running out of ideas very fast. Yeah, because that's just I'm sorry, that's a, that's a shit like, item. It it happens, and I mean this 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 happens in every game where you start to have a large accumulation of characters. There gets to be some redundancy, and you yeah. saw this with League. maybe they balanced it by giving her good guns. I don't know. They they got to the point in League where they were taking like new characters were just like they would look very different, but their abilities essentially were just like a reshuffle of abilities that other characters had. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. So, uh, and the other final topic I had for this was there is the Witcher Season 2 trailer was released yesterday. Or at least cool. a new one. Shit, I gotta two. check that out. Um, we, it we, wasn't... Go on. We talked about The Witcher on here, didn't we? Like, way back when it... Yeah, we did. Because I, I had some opinions on it. I've, I've read, for reference, I've read all of The Witcher books. I've beat The Witcher 1 and 3, and beaten most of The Witcher 2, but I don't know, I, that, that game just loses me, like, halfway through. But the story, I've, I've watched the story, like, on YouTube and stuff, just to keep up with it. Um, and just a brief, like, uh, recap of my opinion on the first season. It was good. They changed very key story elements from the books, and I think that that is where they, they went wrong, because they... they I think they cheapened a few of the characters by going down that route. For instance, they they tried to make Yennefer the main witch character, Geralt's big love interest, off and on throughout the series. They they tried to make her like special and uniquely a tragic character, which they didn't have to. Like her backstory was already bad enough, and then after that, she became like somebody who was, you know confident and self-reliant and essentially like a self-made person her like she through her her wits yeah she well she's a bitch but she's like she through wits and skills she manages to like make her way up in the world and actually um you know become a, a good person and in the series they they tried to make like they it wasn't enough that she had a tragic backstory she had to have a tragic middle story too and then a tragic late story and it's like okay come on we just she it wasn't this bad like she doesn't have to keep going through these tragedies um they also made the mistake of turning this person who has never touched a weapon in her life and uses her wits and political machinations and magic to you know get by they they made it so she was like an awesome swordsman in one episode and it's like no no you're just you're cheapening the character 
They also yeah, did some stuff with uh, Geralt in one of the episodes that I, I didn't like. But for the most part, like, they got they got Geralt's character perfect in the TV show. Um, they also nailed the character of Dandelion. Um, that's to, the Bard, right? That's the Bard. Oh, he's called Yeskia in the uh, series because they went with the original Polish. They translated it um, in the... Uh, in the English and in the, in the games and the books, um, but so they got a lot right. Um, they they did a few other weird things, like they um, they race swapped a bunch of characters, which again it didn't matter. It it's Polish folklore, so it's silly that they did that, but it doesn't matter. It's a fantasy world, so do what you want. That didn't affect the characters at all. They got the characters right. They just decided they were a different race. Um, oh, the queen, um, in the first season, like, uh, yeah, she, they got her perfect, they got, um, the little girl, Siri, they got her perfect, um, alright, that's recap of my opinion on, on season one, what, what's the trailer for season two look like, because I haven't seen it yet. So, I'm gonna keep it very simple, yeah, because it, I mean, it is very simple, I'm gonna be honest. The first minute of it was just recapping the stuff that happened at the end of the last season. Yep. Um, then they did... Uh, so, I don't know how much detail you want to go into. I mean, it's in the trailer. So I'm going to watch the trailer. Explosion. Like I'm yeah. going to watch it myself, so feel free. Um, so, Geralt, I assume, it takes Ciri. Mm-hmm. Um, which I can't take that name seriously. Um, what, Ciri? To... Oh, right, because of... Yeah. Yeah. The books were written to... before the iPhone. Um, some kind of citadel of other witches, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, they, they have a... I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. Training her to use, like, a sword and shit. Yep, that happens yep, in the books. Yep. Uh, it's all snowy. Um, Yennefer mm-hmm. is, uh, you know the... She's, like, in the middle of a siege with the other wizard lady. Who's working for the bad guys? Mm, I think that happens. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that some something happens there, and they both end up being stuck in the same situation together against a third party of are also evil, I guess. And it looks like they're going to explore some kind of slave mechanics and you know that kind of thing with them. Yeah, there there aren't. There aren't... One of the so things I like tragedy for Yennefer. Yeah. But that that does happen. Like there, that's that's less tragedy and more adversity. They just decided to like, you know, bullier all throughout the first season or the first half of it. But um, the the second season, like so, one of the things I liked about the Witcher book series was, and the series in general was, there really weren't you know good or evil people. Um, like even the monsters are often portrayed as ambiguous like they're either just you know beasts like essentially giant animals or well also about to get to that <laughs> yeah um so yeah the um i wouldn't say that there, there's any evil faction like there's the the northern realms right that are very superstitious and constantly at war with each other and are constantly stabbing each other in the back and they're kind of backward and keeping the people backward but then there are there's... definitely evil factions in the TV show, though. Uh, I wouldn't say in season one there weren't. 
they they pres- uh, the- they they try to present Nilfgaard as like the the big bad people, but they're not yeah. really. They're just no, I I know, but that's only because you've seen things other than the TV show. If you've purely seen the TV show, you yeah. just think Nilfgaard are assholes. Yeah, and they are at first portrayed as absolute assholes in um, this series, but they're basically just like the the most well put together. They're, they're the Roman Empire, for lack of a better um, way to put it. Like they're they're marching into the north. They're the civilizing force. They're the uh, the people who because their people live better lives. They're they're more secure. They're more healthy. They have a great industry, and they're trying to by force impose that on these these northern realms who are very independent. A lot of similarities between uh, season one of Game of Thrones. Uh, where the Lannisters, you know, n- n- none of the factions are good factions, none of them are good people, mm. but the Lannisters suddenly come in and, like, kill the people who were the closest to being good. Yeah, yeah. but that's just because the, um, that, that I really do like, the, and I, I'm going off the book because I haven't seen the, the TV show for Game of Thrones other than the first right. two episodes, but I know what happens in them. So the, the Starks are, like, they're a very, you know, because they're, they're kind of in, in a rural area. They're much more reliant on, you know, uh, what is it, kind of you know, the whole honor system. You know, people up there are less likely to, to betray each other and pull these weird political machinations because they have to deal with these very harsh winters and you really need to rely on your neighbor to keep you and yours alive. And so... The, the point that the first book makes is like when they go down there to this southern kingdom, the southern area of the kingdom where the, um, you know, it, it's a little bit warmer. Uh, people don't have to worry so much about survival. Um, th- those sorts of political games happen and they fall afoul of them. Um, and yeah, they do end up getting killed by these people who are just are willing to do the sketchy shit that they're not. Yep. Um, but yes, the, the monsters. The monsters had about a 10-15 second flash clips of monsters, mm-hmm. and that was it. So, maybe they don't have many. Maybe they aren't super great looking, because they flash through them real fucking fast. Yeah. And they put them all in one place, they didn't spread them out across the trailer. Um, but, the few shots of monsters I did see looked like they went for some more abstract monsters as opposed to the more generic ones we saw in first season mm-hmm. um, so I mean, that could be really good it could be really bad based on the fact they flashed them so fast maybe not great yeah, to be fair the, the monsters were never a central focus in the witcher games or books um, it's really like they're the, the idea is that they exist they're out there but hunting them and stuff like that that's just you know, Geralt's day job. Yeah. Essentially. It's it's a framing device for the rest of the story. Just another piece of the world. And, um, yeah, they kind of finished it up with several dramatic looking scenes, a little bit of torture, and, uh, what's her name? Siri. She looks older. Hmm. She's, I don't know, every time I see her, I just see, um, what's her name? Cersei? No, not Cersei. Um, ba, 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 ba. Queen of Dragons. Oh, Daenerys. Daenerys. Yeah, they. See, this is the problem with having read all of the books before the series even came out. I pronounce all of the names differently than they do in the series. 
I know Daenerys. I first heard it from Harry Potter, Daenerys Umbridge. I didn't even know there was a character with that name in Harry Potter. She's the weird stand-in teacher who had the pens that, when you wrote, cuts out the words in your flesh. Oh, I didn't know her first name was that. Yeah, Daenerys Umbridge. Huh. huh. Yeah. Because I never paid attention. I mean, I remember, maybe they just said that in the tapes, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, back when I listened to tapes, back in the good old days. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, there's, um... um just another one of those names I pronounce differently because I'm thinking of it now, is the uh, the dwarf character from Game of Thrones. Um, in the series, they call him Tyrion. But in the books, I always read his name as Tyrion. And the reason I do that is because that's what the city's called. Tyre. Like T-Y-R. Right. Like, Or at least that's the more common pronunciation that I've heard of it. And so I, when I see T-Y-R-I-O-N... Tyrion. What are you saying? If, if the city's named T-Y-R, I'd, call it, I'd say it's Tyr, because it's like a, a Welsh... Yeah, but the, the city I'm talking about is in Anatolia. Like, it's it's on the, the Turkish coast, I want to say, or it's in that, that region, uh, like, in between Turkey and Greece. Okay. I have no idea. Um, I only know about it because yeah. during Alexander's conquest of Persia, he made a stop-off in Tyre and wanted to take the city they didn't want him in there and they had a, a like a moat and very high walls and he was like you this moat's not going to stop me and he wasted a ton of men and material to build a giant like dirt walkway across the moat and then break in i see fun little historical antidote and an yeah. no anecdote antidote, antidote. <laughs> this has been the morning of us using the wrong words for things yes well uh we Saying the wrong words in movie time in a second. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is going to be the end of segment uh, one of the teams at J Podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear us again momentarily for segment two. Welcome back to the Team CJ Podcast. We are on segment two, our media segment, and we did movie night this week. We were watching. Coco, the uh, Disney animated movie um, about a boy, music, and uh, De Los Muertos, the Day of the Dead. All about the origins of cocoa powder and hot chocolates. <laughs> no, uh, it's not. <laughs> yeah, Coco, um, it's uh, the, the grandmother in the story of this big, big family. Or great-grandmother? Uh, grandmother of the... the okay, I, I wasn't sure if she was his grandmother or great-grandmother. Um, but yeah. No, you're right, it is great-grandmother. Yeah, so the... Um, because there's her parents, then the mum above mm. that, and then, yeah. Yeah. So, plot of the movie, um, what is it? It starts off the, uh, it's established that they, they're kind of in... It's strongly implied that it's like a small, like, Mexican town or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't seem to be quite modern day because you don't really see phones or anything like that. So it's probably, I, I would guess maybe, like, 60s or 70s at the, the latest in terms of timeline. But none of that's really too important. <sighs> Just kind of scene setting there. 
Well, they have TVs and stuff. Yeah, like but that, that's why I'm saying like 60s or 70s, maybe. Like still in the, the but right. still in like the mid 1900s. But yeah, yeah. they, uh, um, what is it? They, um, they're a shoemaking family, you know, artisans, a whole family of shoemakers. Cobblers. What? Cobblers. Cobblers. Yeah, that's the word. And, um, but their their youngest kid there, the uh, the main character, whose name I don't remember. I can't remember no. either. I will say it's Alex or something short yeah, like it was, that. It's short. Yeah, it was something something quick and to the point. But uh, he has a passion for music and wants to play. And like uh, he'll occasionally go out in the the middle of the square and he's you know just playing music for random people. But his family hates music. Absolutely hates it. Well, no, he's not playing music for anyone at this point. But doesn't isn't he like out? Oh no, I think he was. He shines people shines shoes. people's shoes, and I think he was shining the shoes of a musician or something like that. A mariachi, a mariachi player. player. That's what it was. And um, you know, his family finds out about this, and they're they're none too happy about it because he uh, he the, the whole family is is just they hate music because going back to their was great-great-grandmother or something like that? Did we establish that? Uh, so, great-great-grandmother is the one who is the oldest woman in yeah, the Yeah, so the oldest living one is the great-grandmother, and that's Coco. Because yeah. there's him, there's his parents, and then his grandmother his is grand. the one who's like very angry and passionate mm-hmm. about this kid. Assaults a mariachi yeah, member. Yeah, assaults him because it's like, you can't talk to my son, get your dirty music out of here. And then mm. um, the great grandmother is Coco, so she's like very quiet, just kind of just sits in her chair in, in a, the the corner of the room. And um, going back to the great great grandmother, that's where you get to there, or maybe it's even further back than that. The, this woman who like her husband never like left one day to to go off and play music, and then he just never came home. And so that's why the whole family you know, music is forbidden. Like they hate musicians. No one in the family can play music. Um, but that's the kid's passion. Yep. Then, oh, what was it? How how does he find out? He so, finds out somehow, like who is his? Yeah, you, you you can take it so, from here. I'll I'll jump in with with parts of this. Okay, so he goes down to the the square, and his hero is this big guitarist that everyone loves. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's the let's call him. His, his name is De La Cruz. There we go, De La Cruz. And he looks at the guy's guitar in the uh, mausoleum. Ba, 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 ba. In, in in the well, yes, but I mean in the picture oh, right. he has of his family. Yeah, so they, they there's this is actually a really important part. They have like a shrine to the all the dead family members in their house, and um, it's like all their dead. Uh, aunts and uncles and on the day of the dead they have to you know leave offerings to them and remember them and talk about them and at the top is the great great whatever grandmother the one that got left by the musician and he accidentally knocks the photo off and then unfolds it and there's a picture with the head torn off you know because of bitterness but you can see it's the same outfit that de la cruz wears and it's his guitar or a guitar that looks exactly like it so yeah go on so yes, then he goes and the the kid because his grandmother smashes his guitar, mm. uh, but he wants to perform at the mariachi festival. Mm. Um, he 
tries to steal the Dela Cruz guitar from the crypt that apparently they buried his guitar next to his mm-hmm. body. Um, and when he touches it, he becomes a, a he becomes cursed. He becomes a corporeal spirit that uh, can't be seen by the living, although he can see yeah. the living, and he can also see the dead. Now. Yep. And then doesn't he try to put the guitar back, and then he becomes corporeal again, and then he takes the guitar again, or something like that? I don't, I don't remember exactly how it, how it happened. So he finds his undead, a lot of his undead family, and they take him to the uh, the afterlife essentially. Mm. And then they take him to this like customs place where they're like, this guy, this kid shouldn't be dead. Why is he dead? And they're like, oh, he's cursed and. He needs his family to forgive him, basically, to send him back. Yeah. And so they're like, all right, cool. I, I do... The head hon- Sorry, I, do, I just want to say I do love this scene because if anyone's ever been through, like, airport customs or stuff like that, it that's exactly what it's like. And it just... Yeah. It, it just... It, it amused me profusely watching that scene. So his great-great-grandmother is there. She can't get over to the real world because he has the photo that was on the family's mausoleum. Mm. Uh, and she's pissed. And she says, okay, I will forgive you and you can put the photo back of me so I can visit the, my relatives if you promise never to touch a guitar mm-hmm. again. And so he was like, yeah, I promise, fine. Uh, sends him back to the moment before he touched mm-hmm. the guitar. And then he instantly goes and touches the and guitar. And he's back in the, day, the land That's of the dead. That's when it pings him yeah. back in, yeah. Uh, oof. Um, he... So, meets the, the stranger. Yeah, so the, you, you take the, the way it goes from here is so there, early on, there was a. Um, well, as they're going through customs, there's this other, like, you know, skinny skeleton, like, who's really sketchy. So, part of this whole custom scene is to establish that only the people whose families still remember them and have their picture on this altar are able to go back and visit their family on the Day of the Dead. And so this guy's trying to sneak through, so he's dressed himself up like a like a woman or something like that, and tries to pass himself off as this person who's in there, and they're like, nope, nope, they scan him, and they're like, no, you can't go through. And so he's getting, like, hauled off. He's just trying to get back to the land of the living so he can put his own photo up in his family's place, and they'll remember him. Mm. Um, Which, by the way, that whole custom, the, uh, sorry, I should say, there's the customs office, and then there's the, the board mm. line. The border guard, yeah. and the border guard is a completely unnecessarily and po- unnecessary and pointless function. It is entirely pointless mm. because whether they let you through or not, scanned or not scanned, the bridge will not let you walk over the bridge to the living world yeah. if your picture is yeah, not he, there. So it's completely pointless. Yeah, he immediately like sinks into the bridge, <laughs> like yeah. So and then they they just haul him back through. Yeah. But anyway, like so, I think the that at this point, like parallel to this, the uh, the boy, the main character, he like his family is trying to make him you know give up music and whatnot, and he he bolts, he runs for some reason. Um, I think he wants because his his goal is to get in there and try to meet you know De La Cruz because he thinks that De La yep. Cruz is his um. Is his father, and if if his father for or great 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 aunt's father, yeah, grandfather, grandfather, yeah, and if he forgives him, then it's just as good as if the great 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 grandmother forgives him, and then he can go back, and he can stipulate you can go back and not play music, and and still play music, and that'll 
kind of solve the whole situation. So he runs from his family to try and find De La Cruz. Uh, yeah, sorry. Okay. I just so, I, I wanted to make that that point before we moved on. Good. Uh, so there's this, the Trump guy. He talks to Trump guy, and the Trump guy is like, "Yeah, I know Dela Cruz. He was someone I knew in the mm-hmm. real world while I was alive." And he was like, and so the kid was like, "Oh wow, help me get to him, and I will take your photo that you have, and back to the real world, so that you'll have a reason to be able to get back into the living world afterwards." That was the deal he struck with this Trump yeah. dude. And so the Trump dude is like, okay, cool. The Dela Cruz is in his penthouse. The only way you can get in is by getting a golden ticket from winning a talent contest. Mm. So they do a talent contest. Uh, they fail because there's a, a panic moment where they have to run away, even though they could have possibly won. Yeah. But he does He does play. Uh, they, they do play here. And I do want to say the music in this movie is spectacular. It is, it, it is like, you know, full in the, like, perfectly on form. I think we were talking about a Disney movie the other day where we were saying the music was... It was you. You were talking about Soul and saying the music was Soul. surprisingly yeah. meh. But this one, like, they For just Disney knocked it out of the park with the music. Yep. Um, so, they... Uh, he's... Uh, what, what what happens? I, I think... <laughs> so, they, they run off... He gets into the park. Yeah, they... they they run off at, at some point him and the tramp guy end up uh talking to a friend of the tramp guys to get a guitar oh no this is before the contest and this is an important plot point yeah i know i skipped over that it, it wasn't it's a very it. important plot point because they establish what happens if people forget you in the real world so oh, yeah because they they yeah. go and they talk to this this is how they get the guitar for the contest they talk to this guy's friend who's like fading away in his hammock and this is where they establish if people don't remember you in the real world if you know that your photo isn't there and eventually everyone forgets you who knew you in life you just disappear in the afterlife and fade away and that's why it's so important for this guy to get his photo over there and it's a plot point it's a major plot point for that reason that's why that's why everyone in the death world wants you that's why the great-grandmother at the beginning was so pissed because now her photo's not there. Who's going to remember her? Um, mm. So, just important plot point. But yeah, after that, they do run away. And at some point, they link up with the the mariachi band that did win. Yes, yeah, so a quick thing before that. Regarding the guy that's mm-hmm. dying. Um, These are a very specific quote, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard before. Which is, um, you, you die twice. Mm. The first time is when you, you're spirit leaves your body when you die in the real world the second time is when the last person forgets you yeah um so yes they get to the bottom of the tower they can't get in but the mariachi there's another mariachi band that was in the contest with them and they're like yeah sure we'll just smuggle you in so they just smuggle them in super fucking Mm. easy um they get to this fantastic party and the kid whips out his guitar and starts playing a song, which shushes everyone in the mm-hmm. hall and gets the attention of Dela Cruz. The kid then almost drowns himself. Because he falls into a pool or something like that. that, yeah. Yeah, he's not paying attention. And Dela Cruz saves him and he's like, oh my god, I've got a grandson, great, great grandson. Yeah, and he's, he's just very happy, he uh, does it for the crowd, like, hey everyone, meet my great, great, great grandson. Yep. Yeah. 
he's introduced to a bunch of people. Um, and then the, uh, the scene with, I was going to say Hector. Is I think the, the other guy's name is Hector. Yeah, the tramp guy's yeah. called Hector. So he also gets in to mm-hmm. the party somehow. Yeah. Oh, by dressing up as a, a famous yeah, actress. Yeah, this theme, The same trick he tried to use to get over the bridge. Yeah. Um, except this time he gets in. And he has a fight with Dela Cruz. And it turns out that Dela Cruz actually was the one who uh, killed Hector in the, the real mm. world. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it turned. Yeah, they, they kind of do a, a dual reveal here. One that because um, when when Dela Cruz tries to forgive the the kid, it doesn't work. He doesn't go back. Um, I think, and so well, they they kind of they didn't give it away immediately. Yeah. Like because they were interrupted while he was yeah, doing it. Yeah. And this was the point in my notes where, and this is this is spoilers for the movie, but I mean, I think they broadcast this plot point pretty well throughout the movie. So if you're paying attention, I mean, I got this pretty early on in my notes. I actually wrote down, I'm calling it right now that the loser is really his grandpa. And sure enough, yeah, I didn't get it until he said Coco. Really? Okay. Yeah, I no, I picked up yeah. on that pretty early. I was like, I think it's. Because what, right at the beginning of the film, they were playing so dumb about like the evil guy being his father, mm. and it was so long until they like put two and two together, and they were like, "Oh my god, he must be my dad." Mm. That I thought the film was just going to treat me like a fucking stupid kid. <laughs> so I kind of that's kind of just where I set the bar after the first ten minutes of the film. I never really thought too hard about any of the points yeah. after that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they, um, you know, contrived series of events. Uh, they they end up get, getting interrupted. I don't remember exactly how the kid ends up leaving the mansion or anything like. So Hector gets taken away by Dela Cruz's guards, yep. and then the kid is like, "Hey, that was kind of shitty. I need to go back to the real world like now." Mm. Uh, and Dela Cruz is like. No, you're also going to oh, be because, up for the Oh, because night. he knows about the fact that they killed... Okay. So yeah. He killed him. And yeah, yeah so I think... So just, Hector and the kid are both in this hole in the ground. Yeah, we kind of glossed over this, but the way he kills him... So this guy, this other guy, Hector, he was the guy that actually was writing all the songs and developing the music, for the most part. Like, And it was his guitar. And it was his guitar. And De La Cruz was just like the face, the, the front man. He was the guy that played the songs and had the charisma on stage and all that fun stuff. And when this guy, Hector, said, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna leave and I'm going to go off and do my do my own thing. I got I to gotta go back to my, my family. Um, De La Cruz is like, he saw his cash cow going away. And so he poisons him, steals the guitar, and steals the songs. And... Yeah, very suddenly had poison for someone who, uh, I guess, must have, I mean, to be f- he just suddenly had poison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it depends on how long he knew the guy was going to be leaving, but at that point in time, you could buy, like, pretty potent poisons at just, like, an apothecary, like, over the counter. There's, yeah, e- even even these days, there's very... There's less stringent pharmaceutical controls um, in Mexico. You can get a lot of things over the counter that you can't in other countries. It was just that he suddenly had it in his yeah. pocket on his purse. So it, it almost implies that this was somewhat premeditated. Like he'd been thinking about doing this yeah. for a while. 
Anyway, but yeah. So they end up in a in a hole together in a, a cell. Um, mm. How do how do they get out? I'm I'm trying to I'm struggling to remember that. Dog. The dog appears at the top, and then the panther. Right, the dog. The I dog. love the dog. Sorry. Hades? No. What was it? I don't remember what they called the dog. Honestly, it, it was something like uh, oh, Dante. Dante. Yes. So there, there's this dog companion that's been with him for a good chunk of the movie after he's in the the land of the dead, and honestly adorable. But yes, the dog saves and them. Before. And then, um, I think Dela Cruz is putting on like a big. Uh, well, and they fi- he finds out in the hole about Hector being his it's dad. Yeah, dad, okay, yeah. that is when it happens. I wasn't sure if it, like, when exactly it happened. So he, he finds out about that, and then. Mm-hmm. What was the? They. He finds out that Coco is the last person that remembers left him, on the which is who calling yeah, calling back to that yep. earlier plot point. But what I'm trying to remember now is because they expose Dela Cruz and they do it in a very specific way, and I remember that, but I yep. can't remember exactly how they they set that up to, like, did, did they record so him or something? When like when they rescue him out of yeah. the hole, they're like. We got to go see Delacruz and get his photo back. So they fly to this place where they know Delacruz is going to be performing, mm. and they uh, try and grab Delacruz, but he runs away. And instead, the great great grandmother ends up on mm-hmm. the stage by accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delacruz tries to grab her because she managed to get hold of the photo, uh, and then they all get pushed backstage. Mm. And they're on top of this massive building, and Dela Cruz is being like the typical evil villain that reveals all his plans needlessly. Oh, one of the um, family members subtly turns one of the cameras, which happens to be on, even though it's backstage. Um, and suddenly, the whole stadium can see everything that's going on behind the. Curtain. Yeah, I can see him revealing his whole plan. I was trying to remember that because I they didn't yeah. they I knew they didn't record him, but I knew that something got played on stage. I forgot about the him doing the generic villain. This is my plan. Yeah. Before pushing a child off a yeah. building. So, I think at this point, so he goes out and suddenly everyone hates him and they're booing him and he's he has to yep. run off stage and everything like that despite the fact he tries to sing and do everything and it just doesn't work people start throwing stuff at him um mm-hmm. and then yeah then then there's like this this redemption scene somewhat between the the great 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 grandmother and then his actual father hector or great great whatever mm. i'm getting sick of saying great great um Two greats. they they have a bit of a reconciliation moment, and it kind of annoyed me a little bit, like that she was being this vindictive, even though it it was a hundred percent not his fault. Oh, like yeah. Hector, like he was trying to come home to his family. To be fair, she didn't know that it wasn't until like right then. Exactly, which it it annoyed me how vindictive she was being. Like she just found out, totally not his fault. He was trying to come home to her. He's trying to do the right thing, and she still... I, I guess it takes a long time for a hundred-year grudge to fade. quick. I mean, she changes from wanting him more dead to wanting it, him to live so badly that she almost sacrificed herself. Like, she, that was in the matter of, like, yeah, ten minutes. Yeah, it's just... 
at, at, at first I was getting annoyed with her, but she does turn around very quickly is what I was, I was getting to. Um, she definitely wears the trousers in the uh, yeah. relationship. Yeah, absolutely. But she does it very well. <laughs> hmm. um, ow. It's not in like a... Sorry, I, just, I have a teapot in front of me. I just went to pour more tea and I just burnt my hand. It's, it's quite... Yeah, it's not in like an I'm an empowered feminist kind of way. I assume that was it, where That is where I was going with that. It's not, it's not ham-fisted. They... Like she, she yeah. wears the pants in the relationship because she deserves to wear the pants in the relationship. Like she's clearly yep. the matriarch of the household, and you know she mm-hmm. has the she has the ability. Because if you think about like what she did, like he didn't come back, and you know she didn't. What what did she do? She she raised the family herself. They they became these prominent artisans, and like they made she maintained like discipline for the whole family going down the line and it's just like yeah she no she she deserved the pants in that relationship anyway yeah so this is where one of the big fuck-ups i think happened in the film in the uh the point where everything is good and happy and the evil man is hated by everyone how the fuck does the real world know that he's evil they don't they do though they board up his mausoleum. They say, "Not you, this guy instead." I wonder if it's maybe. Oh, that's a good point. I, I I kind of just that that didn't click for me. I kind of just assumed that the kid came back and somehow they they told people about it. Um, because the dead can't communicate with the living in it. They just come home on the day of the dead and sit around with the family. Yep. That is that. That's a very good point. Yeah. In, in theory, the land of the living should still think he's a decent dude. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and also, it wouldn't actually make a difference to um, how many people... Like, there's still only a handful of people that knew uh, the real talent Hector. Yeah. And everyone may fucking hate this... this um, what's his name? Del- De La Cruz. De La Cruz. Everyone may fucking hate him, but they still remember him. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. So, I mean, it's like, God, Hitler must still be a fucking alive but in this the, day and but, age. Like, but you see, there. the thing is, and I, I actually think that this is um, a good, there's a good kind of in-universe explanation for this. Because, yeah, he's never going to fade away, but his eternal existence is going to be shit. Because everyone that, like, comes in and finds out what he did is, is going to hate him. So he's, he's spending his entire afterlife just getting shit on. Yeah, he's still fucking rich. True, and you you can bet that the mercenaries don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's a it's a fair point, and it is a plot hole in the movie, but one that I I didn't even notice until you you brought that up. Um, yeah, but otherwise, go on. Do you, do you want to say the last yeah. part of the story? It's the yeah, it is. Bit. It is a very touching part of the story, and it honestly, it like it was a bit of a, a tearjerker. Like they, he goes home, and his his actual great-great-grandfather Hector is starting to fade away um, because the last person that remembered him, uh, Coco, his daughter, is starting to forget him because she's like, you know, 90-something years old, you know, and she's she was only like a small little girl the last time she saw him. And so they they managed to send him home at, at the last that the last moment with the kid they forgive him they allow him to play music and he he runs home and he shows the photo to coco and 
is just like you know pleading with her to remember and finally after a while like they they played out for a long time like nothing's going to happen and finally after a while she like she like reaches when he plays when he plays the guitar and starts playing the, the music her her father wrote um she finally starts to like like react and she looks at the photo and she starts telling stories to the family about how he was and what he was like and she's speaking clearly she's displaying positive signs of yeah life, yeah exactly but she wasn't previously um no it's just a, it's a very very touching scene hmm. and i think you want to yeah go for it i was about to say and then she dies <laughs> she does but they like at that point it's like she's lived a very long and fulfilling life she's got a she's surrounded by her family and loved ones and she got to remember her father positively like in her last days i think that's that's a very positive way to go out do you want me to poke another go for hole it. in it there's no point in reminding coco apart from her own, for her own sake that her father about her father there was no point in doing that um i think because now because now the kid was alive, and he was remembering the father, the, the great-great-grandfather. I, I think... I mean, because Coco still dies, and the only thing keeping him in that afterlife is the kid. So... So I don't think that that is quite right. Because I think the rule they established was that it has people need to remember who you were and what you were like in life. So there was a point to it because then Coco recounted what he was like in life to the rest of the family, and now they all remembered, and that's what's keeping him there. Right. So the, they had to hear the story from. Yeah. It had to actually pass down, even though he did actually meet the guy. Yeah, he, I, I don't think that counts. I think like if he just told him about okay. like his life, that that wouldn't. It, it's not like firsthand experience. Technically, so I think that that's. It's contrived a little bit, but I think that that's yeah, what they were okay. going for. But, no, okay, it's fair. You, you agree yeah. with point. Um, and yes, yeah, so then rounds off. Yeah. Uh, Coco goes to the afterlife with her mother and yeah. father. Slightly weird scene where this little old lady is the daughter, the daughter of yeah, these two these... normal-aged people. Normal-aged. Middle-aged. Yeah. Um, and there's like music returns to the family household in the living mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. Uh, and the ghosts are all there for I guess the next. Um, I was about to say Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Day of the Dia Dead, Dia de los Muertos. Um, yeah, I think that's how it ends. Yeah, that's. I mean, that, that's pretty much it. And now, like, just. Final, final thought. Because we have a few minutes to actually discuss the movie as a whole. Now we kind of jumped yep. in and out, like talking about it throughout. One, one point that I made after we watched it, and that I think is important. There's a lot of um, bits of the, the movie's in English, but there's a lot of bits of Spanish in it, and yeah, it does help to to know a little bit of Spanish, like it, particularly in the music. Yeah, there, there's some some very basic stuff in the dialogue like you know referring to family members like tío and tía you know aunt and uncle um abuela you know grandmother things like that it, like there there's stuff like that and there's there's little little things like you know thank you and basic phrases in spanish if you know that like 
it's it's a little bit if you know absolutely no spanish you can still enjoy the movie but um i don't know what actually i I can't say that i don't know what it would be like to know absolutely no spanish and watch it but well i mean neither can i because i do know a little bit of spanish but when they do speak spanish they kind of do it quieter and more rushed than when they speak when they're speaking english they speak loud and clear yeah Whereas when they slip into Spanish, it's, like, it's just a quick puff yeah. or yeah, you know. which especially Latin American Spanish, they it, it does tend to be spoken more rapidly than English. At least that's been my experience. Yeah, so if you're listening in for it, you can hear it, but otherwise you don't. Yeah. Need it. A lot of the times you can pick it out in context too. Like I I, I assume. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, in the music there is they do switch into Spanish for for verses and stuff but even if you don't understand the lyrics mm. like i listen to music from other languages that i have no idea what they're saying but you can still enjoy it yeah yeah k-pop <laughs> oh my god not so much uh, anymore but yeah there was um oh the the colors like the actual visuals in it like the 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 land of the dead like just b- yes. bright fluorescence and neons and just gorgeous as is Represented by their yeah. festivals. Yeah. Um, mm. Go on. I was just going to reiterate: absolutely gorgeous color palette. Yeah, particularly with the spirit creatures. Yeah. Um, oh, I very vibrant. How did Go I on. forget about the spirit creatures? Oh my god! Like the um, doesn't the the great grandmother her spirit creature is like a griffin? It's like this giant bird dog yes. monster. With a leopard's yeah. face. Yeah, they all have spirit creatures that are like that guide them in in the afterlife, and they're very, very golden compass mm. um, in design. In that even they they can actually change form. They are well. they are absolutely just yeah. Those things are so cool. There's, there's a lot of details like thinking back on it now that like we we kind of glossed over in the summary. We we hit the major points. But we didn't hit everything. Honestly, this is a movie I would. This is a movie that after we finished watching it, I literally or I ordered the Blu-ray on Amazon like that day because I was like, I want to have this on my bookshelf. This the movie was that good. Um, yeah. There, there are a couple like maybe contrivances, uh, like like Blue was pointing out. But if you just like the movie, it's a feel-good movie. It has a good storyline. There's a few twists and turns in it that. Um, you know, might have going, but this is this is, I think, a really good example of a movie that would be good for an in, like for all ages. Like kids would enjoy this movie, adults would enjoy this movie. Um, yeah, just great all around. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, and I think it's my choice next for movie night, right? I believe so because that was Alicia's. Um, it was, and indeed. then back to me again. So, do you have any yes. idea what you're going to be choosing? I did, but no, in my memory, I've already <laughs> All right. Well, let's end it there. This is going to be the end of segment two of the TMCJ podcast. You'll hear us again momentarily for segment three. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on segment three, our wild card segment. And for me, at least, it is very wild today because I have no idea what Blue has planned. Yes, Kaiser, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. A 
Trial of Tricks and Truths. The fuck does that even mean? <laughs> it means I will present to you. There are going to be ten of these, okay? And I will present you with today's theme, first of all, of video game achievements. Okay. I will present you with a game and two achievements from that game. One of them is a trick. The other is a truth. Okay, I like this. You this have will... to work out which one is actually real. Okay, I like this. This is actually going to be... This is another uh, segment that, you know, people can play along at home. It is indeed. Uh, some of these games you won't have played, but you'll know about. All of them are what games that you will know about. So, I'm not going to shaft you too badly in that respect. Go for it. Uh, also, some of these achievements for people out there might be a little spicy. You've been warned, alright? I'm just saying. If there are any kids listening, which there shouldn't be, no. Stop. All of these all of these episodes are marked as explicit. There shouldn't be. Absolutely. Right. The first trick or truth. It is the game for this one is a way out. Okay. Your first one. In a way out, there is an achievement at the start of the game for getting a record of 20 reps on the vertical bars workout equipment. Mm. The achievement is called the dip. Okay. Or is that the true one? Or there is an achievement on the farm you find after escaping the prison to feed all of the animals at least once. This achievement is called the shepherd. All right. So I'm going to say that the real one is the farm one. And the reason I'm going to say that is we used all of the workout equipment pretty extensively at the beginning of the game. And I don't have an achievement for that. So I'm pretty sure it's the second one. Because we didn't do that. And I believe that there might be an achievement for that. Okay. I will tell you now. I, have you locked in? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. Whichever one it is, you have not got the achievement for it. Yep, I knew that. The real achievement is the dip. Really? There is an NPC you have to talk to first. Oh. And he will tell you what the record is. You actually did 20 on the vertical bars in our playthrough. But I didn't talk to the asshole I but needed you to didn't first. didn't talk to the guy, so you didn't get the achievement. Fuck that. That is one point to blue. Second game. In Sniper Elite 4, there is an achievement to incapacitate an enemy and then shoot them in the love spuds. This achievement is called the Nutcracker Sweet. Or, is there an achievement to have a bullet go through an enemy's rear and emerge from their head? This achievement is called He's Talking Shit. Oh my god. I, I, both, if anyone's like seen playthroughs of these games, 
either could be true. The game has a bit of a sick sense of humor. So it does. I one of these is real. I believe it's the first one, the nutcracker sweep. Knock someone out and then shoot him in the balls. Okay. That's your final answer? Yeah. Correct. The Nutcracker Dash Suite is an achievement. These sadistic motherfuckers, yes, you shoot someone until they're on the ground and then coup de grace them in the love spots. Yep. I think there's also an uh, achievement for shooting Hitler in the balls. There is. In the ball. <laughs> uh, yeah, fun historical fact. Apparently Hitler only had one testicle. Although I think that's actually been proven to be a, a myth. It's it probably yeah. was a myth. Like they, um, there's there's a lot of question. It was put out by the Soviets, so that always makes it questionable. Although also, I mean, you got it. You got to admit, I did have a lot of fun coming up with these not real achievements. Yeah, no. And honestly, I think that could have been an achievement. I mean, both easily. of them, both of them that you've given so far that were fake were believable. Mm. Okay. Game number three. In Dyson Sphere Program, there is a achievement to deplete a single planet of all its resources. The achievement is called The Great Devourer. Mm. Or, is there an achievement for landing on a planet outside of your initial planetary system before unlocking the warp drive? This achievement is called Before Our Time. Oh, man. So, both of these. Uh, some flavor while Kaiser thinks. Uh, these achievements were actually added after we played the game. So, we have not ha unlocked any of these achievements. These are a recent thing that were added. I am going to say the second one. The, uh, the one going to another planet before you unlock the warp drive, because that's the kind of psychotic thing these types of simulation games tend to put in as achievements. Do you think that's more psychotic than... Depleting an entire, an entire planet? planet of its resources? I mean, I've, I've almost done that in that game. That takes a lot longer than just flying to a planet. Maybe, but I'm, I'm still going to go with it. Okay, so final answer is locked yeah. in. Yep. You're correct! There are some really fucking horrible achievements on there. Uh, there's also some fun ones. There was one I saw. It was um, complete the game without deconstructing your initial drop pod. Did uh, I do that? I think I did that. I did the clear space. Everyone did that because I think it's how you get the initial resources. But I guess you could just... You Manually know. mine them and then go from there, yeah. yeah. But part of the tutorial, I believe, is to, to break it. Yeah, at least the first time uh, you go through. Game number four. In For the King, mm. there is an achievement for being killed by a suicidal enemy. The achievement is called Boom Goes the Dynamite. <laughs> or, there is an achievement for slaying an overweight bear who is stuck in a cave. <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> The achievement is called Now, Where's Piglet? Oh my god, I want that second one to be true so bad. I want that second one to be true so bad. You know what? 
logic to the wind, I'm choosing the second one because I just, I want that to be real. Okay, you think the, the Winnie the Pooh reference? Yes. Okay. That is incorrect, Damn I'm it. afraid. That was a good yes. one. I liked My that one. My brilliant mind came up with that. <laughs> well, now where's Piglet? I want that to be real so bad. <laughs> Uh, any of the Winnie the Pooh fans out there, I'm sorry. Um, uh, it was just too good to resist. Okay, it's two all. Moving on to the fifth game. In Fall Guys, mm. there is an achievement for causing the death of 50 other players by grabbing them so they fall off the map. The achievement is called Ain't I a Sucker? Okay. Or, there is an achievement for hugging another fall guy. The achievement is called Fall Bay. Hug Bay. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean, but hugging. I s- guess like grab? Is hug- Probably, yeah, maybe just hold him for a long period of time. Hmm. First one. You think the first one's real? Yeah. You sure? I mean, I'm assuming it doesn't have to all be in one game. No, it doesn't have to be in one game. Yeah, so I'm going to say the first one. Okay. Incorrect. Damn it. There are a lot of assholes who wait by the finish line to push you off right at the end, and I hate those people with a burning passion. Um, but no, very easy achievement. Literally hugging another full guy, I assume it's just... Just grabbing, grabbing them. them for a second. Yeah, and holding them for a while. Um, God. Thought I had yeah. that one. 3-2 to blue. 3-2 blue. Game number six. One close to both of our hearts. Mm. In Sonic Adventure 2, there is an achievement for throwing a chow egg at a wall to hatch it faster. Called Ain't Got Time to Breed. Okay. <laughs> there is an achievement for completing every level of the game with an A rank called You Are the Legend. Oh. Anyone who's played Sonic Adventure 2 must know about uh, throwing the eggs at a wall to get, get the chow. Yeah, I think yeah. we've all done it. And I, I do think that that one's probably the real one. Um,. Because I know that there, you do get something for beating the entire game with like the highest rank on every every level. You actually unlock Green Hill Zone um, as a level. Right. And... Yeah, actually, I think I've seen that. I've never got it myself. Getting oh, A's in any mission is incredibly hard. And there yeah. are so many missions. I got very close when I had that game as a kid playing it on the, uh, the Dreamcast. Um, mm. Like, I got A ranks in pretty much every Sonic level. Actually, almost, almost every level... But I I had such a hard time with the space levels because the, the space levels were the con- the controls were so shit and it just the anyway. blue creatures are sometimes invulnerable sometimes not anyway which, uh, which I'm gonna go with the chow egg one okay you think the chow egg is real I think the chow egg one yep okay it's four two to blue that was another trick good with these ones Trixie. by the way can I just comment right now so. A little bit of a back background here. 
Blue and I, mm. when we record these, we have our cameras on, but we don't put it that, that footage up on YouTube. It's just so that we're, we're talking to another face and it, it helps keep the conversation. Right now, the lighting contrast is crazy because Blue has light, lighting coming in from behind him. And so his face is completely like dark. Um, and then there's light behind him. I have the sun shining right in my face from the side. So my you can't see my eyes. My face is just this pale sheet with like highlights of blonde from my hair and beard. Just looks like a clown, like normal. I don't know what kind of clowns you've seen. <laughs> just got like a very powdery, like very white. Oh yeah, the skin, yeah. But I just, I, I've very rarely seen a clown with a full beard. True. Or, or that, that's a clown you don't want near your kids. Misrepresented. Um, anyway, go on. Next one. Good, good. Uh, honestly, I thought I, I went too comedic with that because ain't got time to breed. Yeah, I was suspicious, but I thought like that there ain't was... Like, time to bleed? The thing that, that confused me was I thought there was an S rank, so I was like, why would there be achievement for all A ranks? It should be for all S ranks, but Sonic stops at A rank, doesn't it? It goes A... I think... No, no it's I, okay. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's A, B, C, D, and E. There was no S rank in that game. Because A was purple, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. So yeah. it was, but but I thought for some reason I thought because a lot of Japanese games will have an S rank yeah. ab- above A, and I just that that confused me. Yes, indeed. Uh, what really annoys me is when games get like S and then SS and then SSS, and it's like it just completely loses the point of it. Hmm. Anyway, uh, a bit of a callback game now. Okay. In CS:GO. There is an achievement for killing enemies with five different guns in a single round. As in, your player picks up a different gun and shoots a person, picks up a different mm. gun. Uh, the achievement is called Variety Hour. Okay. Or, is there an achievement for teabagging a downed enemy? The achievement is called Bagged and Tagged. Hmm, 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 hmm. Um, I'm going to say it's the first one. Okay, you think Variety Hour? I think Variety Hour, yeah. You're correct. Yeah. I feel like my... I tried too hard to make it funny, and I achieved that, but I fuck up when it needs to be like a serious achievement. No, I I, I chose it specifically because of the content. Um, Bagged and tagged. I don't think CSGO had the ability to detect if you were teabagging somebody. Like, right. just I'm thinking it's an older game and it's not something they, they maybe were able to detect. Hmm. I could imagine it being in there, though. Yeah, no, I, I could too if they, 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 they could do it. So much so with a lot of these, when I was making up ones, I had to actually check there wasn't actually an achievement already for it. <laughs> They're both right. Uh, what is this? Yeah. Uh, a, Scott, a Scott question. Can you guess what game it's going to be? Uh, Diablo? In Seven Days to Die... Oh, that game, yep. There is an achievement to get your body temperature to zero degrees or lower and be 100% wet at the same time. This achievement is called the Polar Bear, spelled B-A-R-E, Club. Okay. Or, is there an achievement to get ten consecutive headshots while on fire called Ma, I'm on fire? Hmm. Hot or cold? This is really tricky. Because, A, I don't know if 
you can actually get your temperature that low in, in the game and live. Um, yeah, you get frostbite and stuff, don't you? Yeah, but then on, on the other hand... I'm gonna go with the fire one just because I'm I'm not sure if you can actually get that cold in the game. Okay, but you know you can get set on fire. I know you can get set on fire and still shoot people. Okay. Incorrect. Fuck! You really can get that cold. Apparently, the way to do it is to get completely naked in a snow biome and then completely submerge yourself. Huh. And then the the guy that said he'd done it said that the moment he got the achievement. His status was he had hypothermia level three or something. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of something that you do when you don't want your character to survive much longer, I guess. Yeah. Um, Damn. Okay. So you can do it, but then you just die after the achievement. Yep. All right. Two games remaining. All right. I have I have the chance to tie you if I get both of these right. Yes, but I. The next one is probably the... This one is probably the hardest. Because I don't think you ever played this game. But I couldn't resist. I'll have to win with cunning and logic. In Payday 2. Hmm. The game with over a thousand achievements. There is an achievement for dropping Floyd the Pig on a law enforcer. The achievement is called... It takes a pig to kill a pig. Okay. Or, is there an achievement for completing the hospital heist called No Mercy while having the mask called the 44th equipped? The achievement is called Obamacare. <laughs> oh my god, these both could be true. So in case you don't know, there is a mask in Payday 2 with... Their, their masks with all the presidents, hmm. all the recent presidents, and the ones on Mount Rushmore as well. Okay. I'm going to go with the first one. Because it's a robbery game, I figure there's a, you know, fuck the police aspect to it. So let's let's go with that one. Okay, going with dropping Floyd the pig on a law enforcer. Yeah. Correct. Yes. In Big Bank, there's a giant, uh, like, money bank pig held up by a crane, which you drop through a skylight, and it's filled with drill parts. Uh, and you got to aim it so that it lands on a cup. Uh, surprisingly difficult to do. Uh, but honestly, I, I thought you were going to give it up care so bad. <laughs> I liked that one. That, was, that one was good. That was a, that was a good uh, fake one, but no, I... I figured I, I just be, I was gambling on it. It's gambling yeah. on it being a criminal game and stuff like that. They're gonna go with the the, the whole like the cop joke. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but they do have like so they, they they do take jabs at political. They have the Trump mask, right? Yeah. And then they have a mask called the God Emperor, which is Trump, but his eyes are on fire, and like he's <laughs> he's like glowing and stuff. I like how they uh, leaned into the meme, yeah. Yeah. Okay, the final the final question on your trial of truth and tricks. Yeah. Tricks and truth. In the life and suffering of Sobrante, there is an achievement to help to subjugate Anizot. 
The achievement is called His Will Alone. Hmm. Or there is an achievement to instate Carlo Fockgraben as your new boss. The achievement is called Not Giving a Fockgraben. Again, I really want that second one to be true. <laughs> Just... So, as you know, in the the law route, yeah, your boss does get put on trial, right? And so, it's potential that fuck grabbing could could take over. <sighs> do you think you could subjugate Anazote? Well, they do rebel at one point. Well, the 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 people. Not not the people, but like the route we were going down, it looked like they could um, become. They're they were they were kind of working independently from the rest of the the Empire Kingdom, whatever the hell where we are, yeah. and so I imagine maybe if we went down one of the other, the other paths in the game, maybe we have enough political power to go in there and and bring them to heel. Mm. Um, really want not giving this a is, fuck grabbing to be real this is, this is to decide whether we draw or you lose i'm gonna i'm gonna regret this but i'm gonna go with the sensible answer and subjugate anazote so going with his will alone his will alone congratulations you've drawn yes holy crap 10 questions though again that was it for uh, five five. for this week bam how did you uh think that went I really liked that. That was a lot of fun for me. Um, I, I also loved like because it was the, the ones you made up were th there were quite a few that like I really had no idea. They sounded ridiculous, but because of some of the ridiculous things that those games will put for achievement names, like I was like, oh, yeah, fuck, um, <laughs> this could be I real. Mean, what I came away from it thinking was that honestly, these people have hired me. To make their fucking achievement. His will alone is a boring fucking achievement. Not giving a fuck Graben so much better. How did they not know? Well, I, I, the, the name was translated. Like, so everything in that game was translated from whatever language. That, the game was published. It's, it's a foreign studio that makes it. Yeah. So it was translated Sweden to English. I wonder if they just didn't get the pun. Or didn't realize it would be a pun in English. Um, mm. But yeah, no. Carlo fuck Graben. Yeah, Such I was like, man. Character. If he gets that role, like, I'm clearly reaching for low-hanging fruit there with the Carlo Fockgraben. and, like, there's no way that they would single out one character. No, no. But I was like, maybe Kaiser would fall <laughs> So they, um, just for, for reference, for the people who haven't seen uh, or played, seen our playthrough or played a question, our the Life and Suffering of Sir Bronte is the name of the game. Um, there's a character, if you go down the legal path, uh, you can become a judge, and one of the other judge is this fat, bearded, corrupt judge named Carlo Fuckgraben. And Blue and I went into, like, a ten-minute giggling fit every time we saw... Like, the first time you got introduced, Blue was like, he's like, my name is Carlo Fuckgraben. And I just started Jeez. laughing. I couldn't yeah. help it. And that, that killed Blue. He started laughing. <laughs> and so just, we we were a mess for the next five minutes trying to read through the scene. Oh, my God. So yeah, that would yeah. be hilarious if that guy, if you could actually, I, I kind of wish that, I, I wish, I wonder if you can install him as, as a judge. Or as, as Maybe, a judge. I don't know. 
Um, they wouldn't have made it an achievement because he's too. He's not a big character. But... Yeah. yeah. Ooh, shit. Um, <laughs> I was thinking next next time we do this, if we do it again. Hmm. Also, sorry, I'm really close to the mic now. Um, is we could do so this time it was achievements the theme. Yeah. I was thinking we could do quotes. Might be a good idea. What was things it? that people actually said, and then things that we say that they said. Oh, quotes! Yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah, mm. something like that. Yeah. What was? Oh God. There was there was a quote the other day that I was thinking of. Um, there's quite a few good, like really good, like memorable quotes out there mm. that I, I I really like. Um, one of actually here's one just off like the top of my head. Infinity and beyond. Yeah, t- <laughs> fucking Buzz Lightyear. No, there's a there's a book series because we we we're filling time now because we got a little bit before it's time to end the podcast and I figure good time to just chat. Um, yeah. Thinking of some quotes I'd like. This is one that I wouldn't use because you wouldn't know the quote, but it's from one of my favorite fantasy book series, which is still unfinished. I, I don't know what what is with me in starting series that aren't finished yet. Um, and then just they never do. Uh, but the second book in the series is called A Wise Man's Fear. Um, the book series is called King Kill- Kill- King Killer Chronicles, or and then the first one is called The Name of the Wind. The second one's Wise King Man's Killer Fear. King Killer Chronicles, also known as KKK. God damn it! That that is un- <laughs> that is an unfortunate abbreviation. Uh, wait, no. Chronicles starts with I know, a C. Not, I, know, yes. I know, but I was fucking. <laughs> I can't spell. Apparently, well, I know I can't spell. Anyway, um, the, 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 the title of the book is actually this quote. Um, so the, the quote is, There are three things all wise men fear. Um, the road on a moonless night, um, the sea in a storm, and the, angry, and the anger of a gentle man. And, like, the idea being is, like, um, you know, the first one is very obvious. You know, a moonless night back in the day when you're traveling on a rural road that that's when you're going to get jumped bandits and whatnot um the sea in a storm obviously you could get shipwrecked have your ship you know flipped or overturned get lost at sea all that fun stuff and then the last one was a commentary on the fact that like you know there, there are people who are just perfectly calm and gentle and they're they're nicest people in the world but they're they're the people that you never want to push too far because they're Usually, if somebody is you know kind and gentle, if you push them far enough, they're the people that explode and just go off. Like, you know the story of the like the killdozer guy in the U.S., right? Do you not know this story? I can't remember. All right, there was this guy lived out in kind of rural U.S. He owned a bike repair shop, like motorbike repair shop, and um, there was some some land that he owned that was near his shop that this company wanted to buy and develop. And there were some negotiations that were going on and the the deal fell apart and the company backed out and to try and force him to sell, they bought the land all around his shop, lobbied the city to get it rezoned. So, and they cut off his water because they redirected it on their land. And so it couldn't get Mm -hmm. to him. So he didn't have water, didn't have sewage. Um, They, they redid the road so people couldn't really get to his house or get to his shop. Um, and he did all this stuff. He lobbied and he did petitions to the, the town and everything. And But this big company was just basically using money to essentially make sure that nothing happened yeah. to him. And by all accounts, the guy was very kind dude. You know, uh, 
very religious person who like you know took care of his family and did a bunch of charity work um you know by all accounts was never never a violent person nothing like that and when all of this failed and he like he lost all of this stuff he just finally was like he he just had enough so he he even offered to make a new road himself so he had like a bulldozer and and all the equipment necessary to make the road properly he had the training for it he could do it he offered to do it for free for the town just as long as they allowed him to continue doing his business there and they refused Mm. so what he did instead was he turned this bulldozer into just a mobile fortress like concrete like and steel reinforced slabs all around it um little gun ports with that he could put rifles out of um he had even air things air guns to blow like stuff off of the the windows if they got clogged and eventually he and so when when this thing was finally finished after like a year year and a half he just went on a rampage didn't kill a single person but he destroyed like every business that was owned by the company and the people that were screwing him over he destroyed a bunch of properties that were owned by the town council people who like basically were just taking kickbacks and refusing to hear his case. Like, how, are the cop- how are the cops not instantly catch up? A bulldozer doesn't move fast, especially when it's got cement weight. They, they did. They did catch him. They climbed on top of it. They shot at it. They used small arms fire. They like they got bigger rifles and stuff. But he had reinforced the thing to such a degree they could not get inside. They even threw a flashbang grenade down the exhaust pipe of the bulldozer from on top of it, and it did nothing. The only way they, they finally caught it because he got it stuck in like um, in a ditch. Couldn't they have just covered the exhaust pipe? That might have worked. Um, they didn't. But <laughs> but they also it was also very dangerous to get on top of the thing because he was going through buildings and rubble was coming down and stuff like that. So it was risking the officers' lives if they were actually going to be on top of the thing. I'm just imagining like, a bunch of officers lined up with flashbang grenades taking in turns to like... Just toss it down Eat the pipe. He's a flashbang with this thing. Yeah, so they, they tried everything they could, and they, they didn't... He ended up, you know, Jesus. getting stuck himself. But that that kind of goes back to that, that same sort of um, mantra. Like, this was just... He was an honest dude. By all accounts, a very good person. And just through a bunch of unfortunate events and corrupt people, he got pushed way too far. Like, obviously, yeah. there's... Um, you know, I... We can't. You don't advocate for that sort of thing. They, no. no matter how far people push you, like you, you can't I mean, resort like to that kind mentally, of destruction. That's like a mentally ill person, though, being subjected to torturous things, and then people wonder why he goes and yeah, deals I mean, back. Some. It, it's not a good thing what he did, but no. it's also not at all surprising. Like it's he was not his fault. I he, would say yeah, he was pushed past the breaking point. Um. Yeah. And even then, and this is the thing that's that's crazy, even though he had, like, you know, rifles and stuff sticking out of the tank, which he just used to, like, do more property damage, not a single person died in the entire thing. Like, the only person hurt? that died was him. Actually. Oh, did he die? He okay. died because, like, the, the inside of the... It was stuck. The inside of the thing he was sealed into was, you know, filling with smoke and running out of air. And when they were trying to, to pry him out, he shot himself. Oh. Um... And so, 
Yeah, but it's Still it's bad. just it's it's a crazy story. Look up some of the videos for it. Just look up Killdozer and you'll find it. Um, it was a big big story here in the U.S. back when it happened. I want to say it was it was probably like twenty years ago now. Um, but yeah, no. Just uh, that, but that's that's one of the things I think of when I think of that quote is, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was thinking more SpongeBob quotes to be honest, but you know that can. Like, Why well, don't I don't I, I don't know any from SpongeBob, and I, hopefully I, I, I never will. But I meant like that kind of level of. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I wouldn't use a quote like that, but when we're talking about quotes, that's one of yeah. my favorite ones from a book. Mm. Oh man, I'm sure you'd revel in finding some Caesar quotes or Caesar or um, yeah, maybe something from yeah, it'd probably be something from antiquity or from the Renaissance that I'd pick. Came, I saw I conquered. Yeah, Vinny Vici or Vinny Vinny Vici. Vinny Vidi Vici. Vidi Vici. I don't mm. speak Latin. In fact, it's Vinny Vidi Vici, I think. I only know it because of the song. Yeah. Or the mm. uh, the other classic one Cry Havoc and Loose the Dogs of War. Mm. And Let Loose the Dogs of War. Mm. I still the... don't know who said that, but I know that quote. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's another Roman quote. Hmm. And then obviously uh, the one that we keep coming back to, and we still don't know who said it. Uh, fuck, what was it? Oh, I forgot what it was now. The, the, I think it's the Charge of the Light Brigade that says it, and it's um, Unto the Breach. Oh, Once More Into the Breach. Once More Unto the Breach. Yeah, that's what it was. And we're like, is that a... Is that a Charge of the Light Brigade thing, or is that Warhammer? <laughs> <laughs> I do think, yeah. Probably it it sounds like something that could be from Warhammer, but I imagine even a lot of the the quotes and things they have in in the Warhammer stuff they take from yeah modern day or history. I mean the whole the whole aesthetic of Warhammer like leans heavily on like you know gothic uh, kind yeah. of European I mean, styles. Gothic Armada is a is a branch of Warhammer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a lot of a lot of the space marines have very Roman yep. aspects to them. They, they do the laurels and the well, they're they're called the legionnaires Astartes, which the legions were that was the Roman yeah. military. Oh, man. Okay, we're we're getting off on that. We can anyway, actually go yes. on this for quite a while, but we we should probably end the podcast. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Hopefully you enjoyed this new segment that Blue's invented for us, and uh, maybe we'll come back to this again sometime soon. Uh, but for now, this is going to be the end of episode 61 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and hopefully you'll tune in again next week. For the Emperor! <laughs> <laughs>